You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Pacers fans, welcome into a new week of the Locked On Pacers podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Tony East, with the West Indianapolis Community News. Uh, this week coming up, I want to talk about a little bit just because the Pacers only have one game on Wednesday in Brooklyn. So me and Adam are going to try to figure out a, a way to get some cool content out just because they don't have as much actual basketball to talk about. Um, you know, we'll probably have a game preview and and things like that. But, you know, we want to talk more about the All-Star break and some stuff going on in the future for the Pacers. Just to have some more unique content going up this week and maybe do a fun interview or a mailbag. We really like doing those mailbags. So... A lot of options. Just be on the lookout for uh, any announcements and fun stuff that could be coming out this week. We're going to try to make the All-Star break really fun and creative instead of just our normal uh, let's talk about, you know, all the X's and O's in the basketball and all the stuff that happens, which, you know, is awesome and and has a place and we love talking about it. But it's going to be hard when they only have one game. So we'll we'll do do it a little differently, but we'll also, you know, cover the All-Star game and the Rising Stars and the Dunk Contest. We'll do all that stuff. But today... Uh, I want to talk about the Knicks game from last night. So, the Pacers played the Knicks, and the Knicks are kind of in a weird situation because they just lost their best player for the whole season, and Chris Tapps Porzingis, and then the trade deadline came and went, and they traded to acquire Emmanuel Moutier, and I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure this was his first game as a Knick. I should have known that before I started talking, so I'm going to look it up while I keep talking. But, uh, you know, they're just kind of a new team. Uh, it was his debut, so uh, they, they're kind of a newer team, and they're shuffling things around, and they don't really know what they're doing at point guard, so uh, I didn't think it would be too tough of a game for the Pacers, and it turned out to be a little tougher than I thought, but it, I don't know, it's kind of deceptive, so it's kind of, it was kind of like a bunch of games in one game, so it, there's just a lot to talk about, um, but uh, Jarrett Jack started a point guard for the Knicks and then only played eight minutes, but Frank Nelikina and Moutier both played 30 minutes, so clearly they just started Jack to start Jack and then let the other two guys play a bunch of minutes. Um, but that just shows you know how little they know about the rotation and what kind of in a transition state they're in at the moment. So um, the game started off and McMillan was was full of emotion and got a tech in like four and a half minutes. Because he was, you know, upset with the refs and frustrated with the Pacers just not finishing. Uh, their first quarter was fine, I guess. They 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 scored 36 points and and were putting the ball in the hoop at will, but they couldn't stop Ennis Cancer or really anybody. And they ended up trailing after the first. I'm sorry, I keep uh, burping a little bit and I can't help it. But they were trailing at the end of the first quarter, um, which was disappointing given that they scored so well. And you know, no, no, no one was really on fire or anything. I think Vic was leading the charge at that point, but it didn't feel like they they should be losing. And then the second quarter, more of the same, but just a little different. You know, they when Ennis Kanter came out of the game, it really turned around on its head because he was dominating in the first quarter on the glass and finishing. Uh, but in the second quarter, he came out and they put in two-way player Luke Cornett at center. I think it might have been his NBA debut also. Just another Knicks. Uh, transition state kind of thing but he couldn't really play defense in the post and he couldn't you know stop the short pick and rolls and Sabonis was having no trouble passing out of those and you know the guys around him were like Lance Thomas and Damian Dotson and guys who you know you probably don't hear about ever really because they're not super talented NBA players uh so you know it was just an easy time for the Pacers to make a run and they did it 
And, you know, some of it was because Lance Thomas was in at the four for the Knicks, and he was guarding Sabonis, and the Pacers really took advantage of that mismatch. So credit to McMillan for going at that time and time again with screens and, and whatnot. But, yeah, the second quarter, they, they really started to, to take off and round into the lead, and that's when Bogdanovich started hitting his shots. And we're going to have to talk about him every game if he keeps this up because that's, I think, his sixth or fifth game in a row of uh, 18 or more. He scored 20 points, 8 of 13 shooting, 4 of 7 from 3, and the the... Second quarter, he really got it going. He, he was shooting really well. And uh, Nate was talking about it after the game, and I wanted to get his comments in this podcast, but I did not do a very good job uh, recording sound, and it's way too quiet to put in here. So I'll just paraphrase all his comments. But he, uh, he basically said, you know, Bogdanovich went through that really rough January, and he said, you know, by the end of it, they could tell he just wasn't getting enough leg into his shots, and they gave him that day off of practice to really rest, and they, they put him through an ice bath situation. And... Uh, it really helped him out, and now, you know, he found his groove again. He's getting his legs into his shot, and he's drilling him. He said he did a good job of getting open in the space, and I agree. Uh, you know, all of his threes were pretty open. He was 4-7 from deep. So uh, they did a good job getting in the ball, and just exactly what they want to use him for, right? Space the floor, knock down those shots, and then when the opportunity's there, take those screens and get to the rim because he's been finishing well at the basket. So they did a good job with all that, and they were uh, winning at halftime just barely. I want to say it was a six-point lead. I think it was 68-62. to 62. Oh, there's the burp. Ooh. So <laughs> so they had the lead uh, at the half. Uh, nothing crazy going on for the Knicks. Uh, they played Nilakina and Moutier together, so two point guards. that They're okay on offense together, but defensively it didn't really work out, so the Pacers were able to take advantage of that kind of stuff. But really it was uh, do well when Cantor was out or and then do not as well when Cantor was in. I said that in a weird way. Uh, they played well without Cantor in for the Knicks, and they did not play as well when Cantor was in because he was dominating the glass. And uh, him and Michael Beasley combined for 24 rebounds. They were really uh, hitting it hard for uh, for New York. But in the second half, they really blew, blew it open right at the start of the third quarter. They got the lead as high as 18, I think. It was 88-70. to 70. They were just absolutely on fire to start the third quarter. More Bogdanovich. Uh, Victor was getting to the rim. Miles was shooting pretty well. Thaddeus Young had a really nice game. He was two of two from three. I think he finishes the. Uh, he's uh he hasn't missed a three yet against the Knicks this year, <laughs> so they were really just lighting it up from all over the place to start the third, and they got their lead up pretty big. And then the Knicks started chipping at it, but you know they they had expanded it so much that they were able to you know like change the rotation up to get the backup guys in there and. And it really worked out. And speaking of backup guys, Joe Young played 30 minutes in this game. I think that's a career high. He had 11 points, uh, shot 5 of 9. So he did a nice job. And he was able to play so much because of that big lead. And, uh, you know, McMillan talked about how he's liking what he's seeing from Young. I asked about this. uh, You know, the fact that he's able to to jump right in and plug in is exactly what you want to see from a guy like Young. And, you know, uh, because Collison's out, they kind of thought they were going to be in trouble. But now they're 2-1 without him. You know, they, they won this one. They... They beat the Celtics, so you know things are looking a lot better than you would have than you would have expected because Joe Young's been so so good on offense, and then you know this is a perfect game for him because the Knicks point guards are are young and not super great on on offense yet too, so he can kind of stay in there because his defense doesn't get him killed, and he was a plus three, so he was a contributor in this one. But another guy, or sorry, another guy who uh, was playing a lot in the third quarter, even after the run, was Sabonis. He came in. Uh, at the dying ends of it when they were up like 15. And Sabonis did not have a great game. He could not finish anything. He was 2 of 11. Um, and Cantor were doing a good job on him. And they were really kind of making him pass, like I said, on those short rolls. But he, the shot wasn't there, and it just wasn't falling for him. So it was really unfortunate to see that. But he still was a plus 5 because 
of the you know the way he moves the ball. He had ten rebounds, two two offensive ones, and he 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 did a lot of things well besides shooting as he does most games. You know he does a lot of the little things well. So it was good. He was really important to the victory. His just shooting was just not there. And at the end of the third is when a lot of his misses happened, and that's kind of what let the Knicks get back into it because going into the fourth, you know they were up. 18, but they went into the fourth only up by like 12, and then the Knicks got it even closer. So they had to to sub back in a lot of the starters, and you know everyone you probably saw it by now, but everyone's asking Oladipo to do everything because they wanted him to get a triple double. He finished with 30 points, uh, eight rebounds, nine assists, and six steals. You know he was doing it all, and we you know when he came back in, everyone wanted him to to, uh, to hunt for stats, which he didn't do, but he he did a great job all game long. And when he came back in, they really solidified it and were able to ride it out. Um, but some just other, uh, you know, things I saw and that I want to talk about. One is Corey Joseph. Uh, he only shot three times, and his confidence kind of felt knocked. I don't know why. He just wasn't shooting that much. It's not that he wasn't shooting bad. He just wasn't shooting that much. But his defense was unbelievable. Um, and, you know, he was playing off-ball guard and point guard for some of the game. And he ended up being plus 14, and no one else on the team was better than plus 5. I mean, his defense was awesome in this game. They went on that run with him in. So, you know, he was a huge part of the win, and, you know, he, he he needs to be looked at beyond his shooting because it's not what he's meant to do. It's just a different game when he plays instead of cost, and they, they slow it down a bit, and, and they're, they're not shooting on the first action as much, so he's not going to pour in the assists or anything like that. So the, take it for what it is. You know, that's the kind of game you got to expect from him is just if he can have his defensive impact, then the offense will come for the rest of the guys just because they'll get more transition opportunities. Uh, Turner was awesome on defense in this one. His block was really good. He did a good job protecting the rim. He was okay on a 5 of 10 for 13 points. He was all right on offense, but his defense was really good. Uh, Cantor is just an unbelievable rebounder, but he killed everybody, so I'm not going to kill Turner for that. Um, but he did a nice job keeping him up from scoring way too much because Cantor shot only nine times, and, and Cantor's probably their best scorer now with Porzingis out, so limiting his shot attempts was huge. Um and then Michael Beasley had a big game for the Knicks, 13 rebounds and 16 points, but not a not a crazy thing for him. You know, he just is there. He shoots the most for them now because without Porzingis, he's their best scorer. So you know, Thad had a little trouble with him just because he's so athletic and all he does is is score basically. But uh, yeah, he 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 was fun to watch. He's very entertaining and. And he's just a hard guy to guard because he's so frenetic. And he's almost like the Knicks version of Lance. <laughs> so uh, him having that kind of game is, is kind of how the Knicks can get a win, is if he's efficient. You know, he had 16 points on 16 shots, which isn't great, but he didn't get a single free throw attempt. But it's fine, especially for him. And, the, you know, the fact that that happened and they were still able to win is huge. Uh, another guy who played okay for the Knicks was Emmanuel Moutier. You know, he's new to the team, but he had a double-double at 14 and 10. And him and uh, Nilakina looked like they, they fit well together. So that's encouraging for the Knicks. They'll be happy about that moving forward. Uh, another Pacers guy to talk about, speaking of Lance, is Lance. He was 6 of 9 from the field on his way to 15 points. He made three threes. He looked really nice on offense. He was hitting some contested shots, which always scares me. But he also had a sweet behind-the-back pass to Thad and then flopped uh, on, a, on a foul right after. It was pretty funny. And then he uh, also like jumped and fell once in the lane and turned it over and and it looked really embarrassing, and it was a terrible play, and Nate took him out right after, and everyone thought Nate took him out because of the play being so bad, but Nate claims it was because he thought Lance rolled his ankle on the ball, but that's not true. Um, it, it was really funny when he 
when he got that question asked, Nate just said, oh yeah, I think he rolled his ankle or something. It made me laugh. Um, but overall, a good performance. You know, you want to see them find a way to win against a team that's worse than them, especially in a team that's in a transition period. And they, they were able to do that. They, you know, Oladipo obviously had an impact all across the board, but, you know, everyone contributed in little ways. You know, Thaddeus Young hit the glass harder than he ever did, and Turner played great defense, and Boyan was shooting, and Joseph played great defense, and all the bench guys did their thing. You know, Al Jefferson even, I haven't even said his name yet, but he was three for four and a plus five. Like, everyone just did a, a, a just chipped at the, the Knicks a little tiny bit, and all in all, it was enough to get the win. So, good team win, and a, you know, it's a game you have to win without Collison. They did it. They, they got one more before the All-Star break on Wednesday, which it looks like they're going to be able to win. They've already beaten the Nets three times, but you never know. But it'll be good to watch. We'll have some previews up for that uh, coming up throughout the week. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Well, we. Ha, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Again, be on the lookout for announcements and things like that. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Me and Adam will do a show together. Thank you for listening, and have a great rest of your day.